Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here we go. Big show today. It's great to have you in. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It is great to have you in. Plenty of stuff to cover today. The national championship in college football is tonight. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State will pick the game. We'll discuss the game in about 45 minutes. We'll get to uh, to that towards the end of the show today. Um, NFL, big NFL playoff weekend. Uh, I was wrong on a couple of games. I was wrong on the Rams-Seattle game. I was wrong on the Browns and Steelers game. Uh, everything else I got right. So we'll obviously discuss everything that's going on uh, with that, uh, with the NFL, should the Steeler, what should the Steelers do about Ben Roethlisberger? We'll discuss that in about 15 minutes. We got stuff on the Browns. We got stuff on Chicago. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to cover today. So it's great to have you in on Monday's version of GGB on the Landry football podcast network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. I do want to remind you that Guido's gridiron blitz is sponsored by American betting experts. One of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. It'll be right there. You'll see it. Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. That's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, points, but you've heard of them. You pick among those gaming sites, you sign up, and then you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located on the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. So uh, I tweeted before the show today that you, I, you were going to think I was crazy this afternoon and you will. So I, you know, there's a rule in, in sports media that, you know, it, people can tell if you're trying to be a shock jock Right, a shock jock is a guy that you know, he's full of hot takes, and and that's what he makes his living off of is is hot takes. And, and you know, it, there's no real substance behind it. It's just things that make people go, "What is he talking about?" I try to not be that, but every now and again, I like to have a bold opinion. Every now and again, I like to have an opinion that makes people say, "What on God's green earth is this guy smoking?" So, I'm going to do that today. Um, the Rams and the Seahawks uh, played this weekend in the playoff game. 30-20 to 20 was the final score. The Rams beat Seattle uh, in Seattle. John Walford got hurt early in the game. And Jared Goff, with a thumb the size of the Empire State Building, uh, came in and was able to do just enough to close the Seahawks out. Uh, Russell Wilson had an absolutely putrid game, 11 for 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. He was sacked five times. Russell Wilson did not have a clean pocket the entire game. He, never t- he didn't have a clean pocket. 
So here's the thing. Every time I talk about the Seattle Seahawks, I bring up the same thing. Their roster is terrible. I mean, that is an, uh, and it was on full display on national television in a playoff game yesterday. Does anybody really believe that we should have ruled out Russell Wilson, who was the early favorite for MVP early in the year, is the second best quarterback in the NFL? Should we be able to rule him out? Just completely rule him out in the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely not. No rational football fan would go into that game saying, yeah, Russell Wilson just doesn't have a shot. That's why I picked the that's why I picked the Seahawks to win the game. The Rams have everything better than Seattle. Offensive line's better, pass rush is better, their defense full on is better, their weapons are better, their running game is better. I think their offensive play calling is better. The only advantage that Seattle had was a quarterback, and it was a big one. And I like Jared Goff. And even going into the game, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson should have beaten John Walford at quarterback. No disrespect to him, but the guy's played one NFL game. I mean, like, come on. Absolutely no way. So here's where I think Seattle needs to go. If Seattle cannot pick it up in a year, if they can't build a roster that can consistently win, protect Russell Wilson, they can't. They cannot build a roster that can compete against playoff teams. The Seattle Seahawks should trade Russell Wilson. They should trade Russell Wilson. And I know people are going to tell me, they're going to say, holy cow, Guido is on something today. I'm really not. There comes a point where you just have to reset. Russell Wilson Won you a Super Bowl. Great job by him. Russell Wilson's the second best quarterback in the NFL. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. He's been in the NFL for nine years, and he's been to the Pro Bowl seven times. It's crazy to me how he's never gotten a single MVP vote. Russell Wilson has never had a season where he's finished under 500. His worst season record-wise was 2017 when he went 9-7, and seven, and he led the NFL in touchdown passes with 34. Russell Wilson is as good as you are going to get in the NFL. Other than Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson is the best player that you are going to find in the NFL, and I think Seattle should trade him because it's proof now. It is painful for people to understand that Wait, wait, wait. You can't you have the second best quarterback in the NFL. How on how can you justify trading him? I can justify trading him because Russell Wilson is costing you $35 million a year. The Seattle Seahawks cannot draft. They can't draft. So what they have to do is clean house. I think they have to fire their GM. I think they have to fire their entire scouting department. They have to hire completely new people, and I think they need to trade Russell Wilson to get some of their assets back. This is not a recipe for success. Russell Wilson by himself with no protection, no defense, no running game, no off- uh, no offensive weapons. It doesn't matter. It absolutely does not. Russell Wilson cannot carry this team on his back any longer. This is the problem. Russell Wilson, this is why I think it's a miracle that he's never missed a game. Because the guy is sacked so much. It's unbelievable. These are the amount of times that he was sacked in his entire career. He's been sacked 394 times in his career. Okay, just to put put that into perspective. Okay, his career low in time sacked was his rookie year. He was sacked 33 times, which is, you know, yeah, okay. Russell Wilson was sacked, okay, in order, 44, 42, 45, 41, 43, 51, 48, 47 this year. The guy is consistently on his back. 
And for some reason, Seattle cannot restructure their offensive line enough to keep him upright. Eventually, Russell Wilson's going to get hurt. He's turning 33 years old next season. He's turning 33 years old. Eventually, his body is going to give. So if I'm Seattle, look, I had Russell Wilson for nine years. And again, if I can keep him for one more year, I'll keep him for one more year. I'll give my I'll give my my front office one more shot with him. I'll give my front office one more shot. If in 10 years you can't find a way to protect Russell Wilson and give him a roster that can compete without having an all-time great defense really early in his career. Okay, the Seattle Seahawks won their Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom. Right? Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. And I mean, that defense was absolutely freaking loaded. Loaded. And then when Dan Quinn got hired by the Atlanta Falcons, he was the Seahawks defensive coordinator at the time, the defense completely fell apart. And again, it's a miracle that Russell Wilson's been able to keep the Seahawks competitive. But ever since then, we've had this sense of Russell Wilson just can't keep carrying this roster because there's nothing around him. We were saying it all year. Russell Wilson's the, the the roster for the Seahawks is absolutely atrocious. So it's not going to get any better. Just to give you an idea, Seattle's draft pick uh, spread for the next two seasons. They traded, they, uh, here's the thing, they traded this year's first round pick and this year's third round pick for Jamal Adams. That didn't work out because their defense was still atrocious. So they traded that. They traded a seventh-round pick this year to get Carlos Dunlap. So they have the Lion pick this year. So this year they have a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-rounder, and a seventh-rounder from the Lions. Okay, you're not really going to get much better with that. you got to really hit on these draft picks. And next year, you traded your first-round pick to the Jets, again, for Jamal Adams. So next year, you have a full spread except for a first-round pick. Do we understand that the Seahawks' assets is terrible? They don't have any cap space because they're paying Russell Wilson $35 million a year. They can't afford to bring in free agents. They have to hit on these draft picks. They have to. If I'm Seattle, I seriously entertain trading Russell Wilson. And as painful as that sounds, as painful as it does, okay? Because I understand how great he is. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You would be able to get an unreal package for Russell Wilson. Un-freaking-real. It would be unlike anything we've ever seen. You would probably be able to get at least a starter or two at any position you wanted and multiple, first, a half-decade worth of first-round draft picks you would be able to completely rebuild your entire franchise. Completely rebuild. Because look, and like I said, none of this works unless you completely scrap your scouting department, unless you completely scrap your GM, because quite frankly, ever since the Legion of Boom was, uh, ever since the Legion of Boom went away, the job that the GM has done, the job that uh, the scouting department has done in Seattle has been awful awful. John Schneider is apparently incredibly coveted around the league. Why? He's completely ruined the Seahawks. Ruined them. And I know it's hard to say that about a playoff team who constantly wins 10 games plus a year. But the point is, is that if you didn't have the quarterback that you had, that you have, I shouldn't say had, that you have, then you wouldn't even be close to competitive. Close to competitive. Think about this. Seattle locked into DK Metcalf. If DK Metcalf wasn't the ninth wide receiver taken, okay, the Seahawks took him with the last pick in the second round that year. If they didn't lock into DK Metcalf, what would they be working with at wide receiver? Tyler Lockett and David Moore would be their second best guy. Like, I, I, 
Jacob Hollister. I tell you, like, what is this roster? What is like? It's you can't protect him. He doesn't have any weapons. He does like Russell Wilson doesn't have anything. The defense can't stop anybody. The, Jared Goff with a broken th- he got surgery on his thumb two weeks ago on his throwing hand. And John Walford, who has played one NFL game, dropped 30 points on the Seahawks in Seattle. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. And like I said, I'm not trying to be a shock jock. But the reality is for Seattle is you have no assets. You have no cap space. This isn't going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. With every draft pick that you make, you're losing a player. You're not going to make any progress. You can live with being 10 and 6, 11 and 5 every single season with Russell Wilson. You can sell a crap ton of tickets because once people are allowed in stadiums again, you're going to be able to find you're going to be able to you know, sell a bunch of jerseys and sell out the stadium and whatever. You can do all that stuff. And you can make the playoffs and you can get bounced early. If that's the kind of franchise you want, that's fine. The Seahawks will not win another Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. It's time to move on. And it's not Russell Wilson's fault. But if you can't build around him and you have no option, you're paying him too much money. You're paying him too much money. You can't draft. And even if you do draft well, you're going to have to lose other players that might even be kind of valuable to you. Right, because you got to pay Jamal Adams, you got to pay Bobby Wagner. Like, you got a bunch of guys that you got to keep around. I'm sure you want to pay. I'm sure you want to keep DK Metcalf when he comes around. the The Seahawks are stuck. They'll be ten and six, eleven and five every single year, and get bounced early in the playoffs because they can't protect Russell Wilson. This roster is absolutely terrible, and you have nowhere to go but down. So if I'm Seattle, I genuinely entertain trading Russell Wilson. Oh, hey, we got some breaking news here. Uh, this is coming from, from what I see. It's Dan Graziano of ESPN. Um, the Eagles just fired Doug Peterson. The Eagles have just fired their head coach, Doug Peterson, five years uh, after five years, he was 42, 37 and one with the Eagles. Uh, he had that one Super Bowl victory. Eagles finished in last place in the NFC East this year, 4, 11 and one, uh, benched Carson Wentz, benched Jalen Hurts in week 17. Uh, they have fired Doug Peterson. Uh, I do not believe that Doug Peterson is going to be without a job for very long. I think he's going to get hired somewhere, uh, in a pretty prominent role. I, cause again, I don't think. Doug Peterson was the problem. Uh, this was not a planned topic for today. I didn't know this this was going to happen. I'll give you a, a, a quick reaction uh, for a couple of minutes here. The Eagles' problem stretches way beyond Doug Peterson. Way beyond Doug Peterson. Look, the word is around the league is that the Eagles' problem stretched way beyond Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz was the issue. I think Carson Wentz was the only bright side that they had. And I get that he had a bad year. But as far as pure talent, he was the most talented player you had. He was. And I'm uh, the reason I'm using past tense because I think he's going to get traded. I think he's going to be gone. The Eagles are going to commit to Jalen Hurts. As <laughs> crazy as that sounds. At, at least it sounds crazy to me because Jalen Hurts did not play well at all in Philadelphia. As much as people like to believe that, Jalen Hurts was bad in Philadelphia. Really bad. So they're going to commit to Jalen Hurts. And Carson Wentz is going to go to Indianapolis or something like that and have loads of success. So this is just the first of the crumbling pieces for Philadelphia. Crumbling. And I and I like I said it a week or so ago. Okay, when the Eagles benched Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. And then they benched Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld. I said, this is the beginning of the end. 
<laughs> this is it, man. The Eagles are done. They're done. For the next decade, the Eagles are going to be poor. They are. They, they are going to be the most dysfunctional franchise. They're going to be more dysfunctional in, a, in the NFC East than a team that doesn't have a real name. They're, they're more dysfunctional than Washington. They're more dysfunctional than the Cowboys. The Eagles are an absolute mess. I Listen, if I'm Philadelphia, fine. If, if you're going to fire Doug Peterson, fire Doug Peterson. But after that, you got to clean house. Clean house. It, fire Howie Roseman. Fire, literally, fire the scouting department. Because, but listen, it was your scouting department that decided to draft Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Everybody in the country thought that that was dumb, and it was. Justin Jefferson was the best rookie wide receiver this year uh, by far, and he was the best rookie wide receiver statistically since Randy Moss. And you passed on him for a, a glorified punt returner who played how many games this year? Eight? I, I, I Look, at this point, the Eagles are just going to say, okay, fine, we'll trade Carson Wentz, we'll keep Jalen Hurts around for a little bit until – you know, we just can't take it anymore. We'll draft another quarterback, and that's just going to be it. <laughs> that's the Eagles. That's it. And I get that I'm a Cowboy fan, and sometimes I can relish in their demise. But truthfully, I don't really, you know, like the Eagles are not really a threat. Once the Eagles decided to bail on Carson once, I was just like, yep, it's over. It's over. Their roster is old. It's not good. They don't. They haven't particularly drafted well, and they just moved to a quarterback that can't throw even kinda. I mean, Jalen Hurts might be the worst thrower of the football in the NFL. He really like who's worse? Who's a better thrower of the football, Jalen Hurts or Jameis Winston? Who's a better thrower of the football, Jalen Hurts or Taysom Hill? Okay, who's better to throw the football? Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, like Jalen Hurts and Cam Newton. But even Cam Newton this year completed 66% of his throws. I mean, he's not good. Cam Newton was terrible this year, but at least he was, you know, eh, to an extent, accurate. Jalen Hurts completed 52% of his throws this year. That is absolutely, that doesn't even get it done in college. That's terrible. So. Again, just came in a couple of minutes ago. The Philadelphia Eagles have fired their head coach of five years, Doug Peterson. Uh, and like I said, this is the beginning of the end. It is the beginning of the end. Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback. Their roster's bad. I have, look, if you're an Eagles fan, you are really struggling today. You're really struggling coping with what your franchise has turned into. We all thought, listen, it wasn't too long ago, okay? It was like two months ago or something like that, where I said that the Eagles were going to be the clear-cut favorite to win the NFC East, and they should have been. And wow, wow, what an absolute crumble. Crumble. Uh, okay, so let's move on to this. Um, so last night, the Cleveland Browns absolutely manhandled the Pittsburgh Steelers. 48 to 37 was the final score. Big Ben, if this if this isn't a Big Ben stat line, I don't know what is. 47 of 68 <laughs> for 501 yards, four touchdowns, and four interceptions. If that if that does not summarize Ben Roethlisberger's career, I don't know what does. That was vintage Big Ben throw for a trillion yards and turn the ball over a hundred times. Like, man, oh man, Big Ben, uh, he's done. He's done. <laughs> let's let's be honest about Big Ben today. Um, And you, I honestly, if you watched the game last night and you watched it past the final second and you saw Big Ben, <sighs> sitting on the bench, head down, defeated. You kind of get the feeling that Big Ben might just say, you know what, F this crap, I'm just going to be done. And listen, there's no shame in it. 
Look, Big Ben is without a doubt a Hall of Famer. Without a doubt, he had a phenomenal career. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's made the Pro Bowl six times. He's a Hall of Famer. Listen, he played for Pittsburgh for how many seasons? Let me let me count this from 2004. So what, 16, 17 years? I mean, look, this is the thing, though, is even if Big Ben doesn't decide to retire, what if he says, you know what, I'm still kind of feeling it. I still kind of want to play. I, if I'm the Steelers, I, I let him go. You, you got to. You have to. <laughs> there is absolutely no choice but to move on from Big Ben. There's a, And there's multiple reasons why. Here's the first. Um, it really does seem like that he is just impossible to get along with. Just as, okay, he drove Le'Veon Bell out of town, made Le'Veon Bell look really, really bad. He's now an angel. He was an angel with the Jets. And look, (laughs) you'd think that with who Big Ben made Le'Veon Bell out to be, or maybe it it was Big Ben along with the entire Steelers organization, whoever they made Le'Veon Bell out to be, match made with Adam Gase and the New York Jets, you'd think that that would turn into an absolute crapshoot. And it wasn't. Le'Veon Bell, listen, he stuck through it. He underperformed. And look, it might probably not to his own fault. The offensive line was bad. Le'Veon Bell was really the only real weapon they had for a year or so. And Le'Veon Bell said, you know what? Look, it just isn't working out. So he goes to the front office. He politely asks, hey, listen, it's not working out. I don't think Adam ever wanted me. Uh, we're just going to, you know, let just let me go. So he goes to Kansas City, and he's fitting in pretty well with Kansas City. I feel like everybody likes him there. So Big Ben made Le'Veon Bell look bad. He drove Antonio Brown absolutely crazy. <laughs> right? Antonio Brown went ballistic. After playing with Big Ben for how many years? I mean, look, it just feels like, and look, Big Ben's had a great career, but it just seems like he, you can't, you can't deal with him for that long. So that's the first thing. I'm not sure Big Ben is great for culture anymore. He might used to have been, but in his older age, I don't think that he is. Okay, Big Ben's going to be entering his age 39 season next year. He's old. And that's another part. That's another big part of this is that what, what does Big Ben have left in the tank? I mean, you saw it yesterday. The Cleveland Brown defense was playing without two of their better corners, without their second best pass rusher. And Big Ben threw four picks. Four interceptions. The first play of the game was a completely muffed snap. I mean, look, Big Ben, you watched it yesterday. Big Ben looked out of shape, looked unprepared. It just felt like Big Ben wasn't trying as hard. Big Ben and Baker Mayfield looked like two completely polar opposites. Neither one of them are very likable. We can understand that. But one of them at least looked like he was fired up, prepared for the game. Big Ben looked like he showed up and honestly didn't give. I've won enough games. Now at the end, right, he looked, I can't believe I lost this one. That's what Big Ben looked like, which is why I think he's probably going to call it quits, or at least you get the feeling that he might. (laughs) Look, he's just thinking, look, screw this. Screw this. I'm done. And the Steelers should be done. When your quarterback does stuff like that, you just, I mean, what's attractive about him? What's attractive? And on top of that, his cap hit's going to be over $40 million next year. He absolutely screwed. I mean, look, you're going to be losing who? 
Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alejandro Villanueva, your left tackle. Like, uh, Alu uh, Alu, the, the, the uh, defensive tackle who was killing it this year, all year. I mean, you're losing a ton of guys. James Conner's a free agent. Like, you are losing so many guys in free agency. <laughs> Big Ben, 40 million bucks just ain't going to cut it. If I'm the Steelers, I either, if he doesn't decide to retire, I cut him. I try to trade him for a bag of footballs. Like, it's just, it's not working in Pittsburgh anymore. It's just not working in Pittsburgh. And again, like, it's not like the weapons are bad. I mean, the Steelers couldn't run the football all all season. That's a big problem, too. That's a big problem. Like, James Conner is not the answer at running back. He's got a great story, and I'm extremely happy for how his life has turned out. I really am. Because from everything I know about him, he's a good guy with a great Cinderella story, and that's fantastic. But he is not the answer at running back in Pittsburgh. He's just not. He's not an every down back. He's not. An, he's got talent, but he's not an every down back. He's not producing. He's not producing. James Conner was the running back all season this year for Pittsburgh, and they were last in the league in rushing yards per game by a lot. It was not close. They were averaging like 84 rushing yards a game. The next closest team was 91. Like they are the it absolutely killed this year on the ground. Killed. But like pinpoint the problem for the Steelers for me. It certainly isn't their defense. Their defense is incredible. The Browns' offense did not score 48 points. The Steelers had five turnovers early in the game that resulted in scores. I mean, that's crazy. It's not like the Browns were marching up and down the field. Baker Mayfield yesterday, yes, he looked a lot better than Ben, and he played well yesterday. But let's be honest. like big Baker Mayfield did not light the field on fire. 21 of 34 for 263 and three touchdowns. It's a good day, but the guy didn't have a Peyton Manning day. Uh, Seriously, Kareem Hunt ran for two touchdowns, right? Like their offense did not produce 48 points. They got a lot of help. And that's what I'm talking about is that responsibility. A lot of it falls on Big Ben's shoulders. You know, the defense is good in in Pittsburgh. You know that Mike Tomlin can coach. You know, their offensive line is good. You know that they're loaded at wide receiver. Like, what's the problem? Obviously, they can't run the football. We know that. But didn't the Steelers yesterday just look not ready? That's Big Ben. That's leadership. That's a lack of it. Like A lack of leadership. I mean, that's bad. So, a team that was once 11-0, finished the regular season 1-4, and and then loses, gets absolutely crushed in their own building by a division opponent who hasn't won a road playoff game since 1969. The Browns have not won a road playoff game since 1969. They haven't won a playoff game at all since 1994. I mean, that's nuts. The Browns weren't even the Browns yet when they won a road playoff game. I mean, how crazy is that? So, anyway, uh, I want to shift to the other side of this. Uh, But first, you know what? Uh, Let me do this. First, uh, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American Betting Experts. That's American Betting Experts. So you go to LandryFootball.com. That's LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. It'll be right there. You'll see it. Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. You sign up, and you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet bet. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. So I want to shift to this. So uh, also, if you want to interact with the show today, uh, because again, 
I, for I, I might come off as a shock jock today. I, you know, maybe I will. I just said the I said the Seahawks are going to tra- should trade Russell Wilson or they should entertain training Russell Wilson. If you want to interact with the show, tweet at me at Mike Guido 49. That's at Mike Guido 49 on Twitter. You can interact directly with me. I'll make sure to to answer as many as uh, as many tweets as I can. Uh, and again, you can find a way to interact with the show again on Twitch and all of these different streaming platforms that we're on. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you don't have to just sit there and listen. You can interact with me, talk to talk with me. That's why I'm here. We're here to talk football. So uh, I do want to get into this though. So the Browns destroyed Pittsburgh yesterday with no head coach. Kevin Stefanski uh, was not present and uh, due to COVID. So he wasn't there and the Browns looked as good yesterday as they have all season. Like they, the Browns were awesome yesterday. They were awesome. Uh, look, now their defense late in the game really kind of botched it, but you know that's because prevent defense is the stupidest thing in the history of professional sports. Okay, from a scheme thing, from a strategical standpoint, the absolute dumbest thing in sports. Period is prevent defense. The dumbest thing ever. It's the dumbest. It never works, and people still do it. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Like, just play real defense. Play real defense. Enough of this, like, oh, we can't let them score, because then they score. It was prevent defense that allowed the Steelers to score a touchdown, score, go 76 yards in four plays. Like, <laughs> that game should not have even been close in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh for Cleveland. But because the prevent defense, they allowed him to come back. Anyway, not my point. Um, you know, I was really thinking about this. So, so many people give Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit because, the, I mean, the Browns finally made the playoffs for the first time in, in what, what is it, 18 years? They haven't made the playoffs since 2002 or something like, like the Browns have not been in the playoffs for a long time. They haven't won a playoff game for a long time. And they, a lot of people give Kevin Stefanski all this credit. Hey, he look, they, they finally got coach right. They got Freddie Kitchens out the door, and Kevin Stefanski came in and fixed it all and all that. Like, and look, you got to give Kevin Stefanski a little bit of credit, right? Don't you? I mean, look, he he steered the ship. He did a pretty nice job, right? But let me phrase it like this. Kevin Stefanski played the role that he was supposed to play perfectly with the Browns. Here's the takeaway that I had from yesterday. Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland Browns never needed Kevin Stefanski. They never needed him. Okay, this is not, look, this was not a state. They, 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 they rallied around Stefanski and they, I don't think they ever needed Kevin Stefanski. Okay. Preseason. When I was predicting who was, and it wasn't here, I wasn't here yet, but preseason when I was predicting who was going to be the Browns' next head coach. And for the the people that were um that were in the running for the Browns' next head coach, it was guys like Brian Dable and uh, Eric Bieniemy. A lot of the guys that you're hearing now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure Greg Roman. I'm sure I think was on that list. You know. I never thought that Kevin Stefanski was a good fit. I never did. And even after they hired Kevin Stefanski and I saw his, his, his press conference and his introductory press conference, it even sold me even more. I was like, this guy is not going to work. And I couldn't have been more wrong about uh, it not working. I was right on the reasoning on why I thought it wouldn't work, but I was wrong on the actual execution. Okay. When, when the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, when the giants hired Joe judge, when the Panthers hired Matt rule, I was incredibly impressed with those guys because they commanded the room. You understood like they were guys that like they owned that room for a half hour. 
Everybody's attention was on them. You couldn't get, they were captivating. They were motivating, right? When, when the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy was larger than life. And a lot of Cowboy fans didn't buy into the Mike McCarthy hiring. Everybody wanted Lincoln Riley or Urban Meyer or guys like, like Mike McCarthy was, you know, the safe option. And Mike McCarthy can definitely coach. I, I like Mike McCarthy, but he come. I, I really bought into Mike McCarthy after the press conference because, boy, oh boy, the booming voice. Well, I want to thank you guys for. I like he went full blown leader. I watched every Cowboy game last uh, last year. I think I'm prepared. Answered questions directly, strong, firm. McCarthy had it. You wanted to run through a wall with Joe Judge. I am like, you want everybody, like, it became a meme. <laughs> it went viral because Joe Judge was so like, like, nobody even had, nobody heard who Joe Judge was. Nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody's ever heard of Joe Judge. And after his press conference, every Giant fan was just like, hell yeah, let's go. They they, they didn't care. The guy was a wide receiver coach and a special teams coordinator in New England or whatever. Like, who cares? (laughs) Like, whatever. They heard him and they, they instantly fell in love with him. Matt Rule, same thing. Sounded motivated, enthusiastic. Okay, like, Matt Rule sounded great. A guy that you wanted to get behind. Point is is that when Kevin Stefanski had his introductory press conference, it was very quiet. He didn't command the room. He did, like, Kevin Stefanski sounded weak. He sounded like a guy who's going to get trampled in an NFL locker room. That's what I thought. I genuinely thought that he was going to walk into the Browns locker room and there was not going to be a single person in there that was going to show respect to him. He didn't have the presence. He didn't have the voice, the leadership quality that popped on screen. He didn't have it. But it turns out to me, I don't think that I'm wrong on that. I still don't think that Kevin Stefanski is an amazing leader. But I don't think the Browns needed an amazing leader. What Baker Mayfield needed in Cleveland was a guy that would guide but not command. It was a guy that would that would steer the ship. Like I said, he would steer the ship, but he wouldn't let everybody know consistently that he was the captain. Baker Mayfield doesn't like that. Baker Mayfield is a guy that says, listen, coach, I think we can work together. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to treat me like a baby. Okay? Baker Mayfield, (laughs) my dad made a joke yesterday. He said, look, (laughs) it doesn't matter that Kevin Stefanski uh, wasn't there yesterday because the guy don't listen anyway. (laughs) And I think part of that's true. I've never viewed Baker Mayfield as a guy who genuinely likes to accept coaching. But he's a guy who really likes to win. And Baker Mayfield, like I said, Kevin Stefanski can be there and say, listen, Baker, do, you know, look, try this, try doing this. You're doing your thing. But like, that's what I think Kevin Stefanski, I I don't think he's a commanding guy. I don't think he's, and look, I could be completely wrong. I could talk to a guy who plays for the Browns tomorrow and say, listen, if you screw up, (laughs) it's burpees for you, buddy. Like it could be that. I don't know. But the way that I see it is that the Browns really never needed him. The Browns never needed Kevin Stefanski because Stefanski doesn't play the type of significant role that common NFL coaches do. I don't think that that's the case. What Baker Mayfield likes in this league, what Baker Mayfield responds to is somebody that he can work with, not somebody that he works under. And I disagree with that most of the time. I think that good coaches generally are strong leaders. They're the alphas. They're the guys that command the room. 
and don't take any crap. Right? Like, like Bill Belichick has had a great career primarily because the guy has no room for nonsense. Ron Rivera changed the culture in Washington. No room for nonsense. I, I mean, Mike Tomlin, guys like Pete Carroll, like a lot of these guys, like they just, they, they are the big presence. They can get along with their players, but listen, you don't mess with them. You don't mess with them. Andy Reid, same deal. Kevin Stefanski doesn't seem like a guy like that. And the reality is that he doesn't have to be. Because, like I said, the Browns are a team that don't need a guy that is going to go in there and change the culture. But they need a guy that can steer the ship. They need a guy that can keep Baker Mayfield in line a little bit, work with the talent, and not be the, I don't want to say dictator, but you know what I mean. The big commanding voice. They don't need that. But they do need somebody that steers the ship. And Stefanski can do that. He can call plays. He's exactly what the Browns need. Okay. Um, so I want to touch on this just for a couple of minutes. Uh, so a report came out earlier today that the uh, Bears are more than likely not going to re-sign Mitch Trubisky uh, because they didn't go on a playoff run. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just saw this. So pro football reference for Mitch Trubisky has the 2021 Nickelodeon Valuable Player, the MVP. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but Mitch Trubisky is probably not going to be re-signed by the Bears. And most people are going to say, well, no, duh, Guido, he stinks. He's terrible. And, you know, I don't know if I would call him terrible, but I get what people mean when they say they don't like him. Like, I, I do. I get it. I, I, I watch him, and I'm not wowed by him. His offenses are really bland. Uh, he really doesn't do that much special. Like, I, I get it. I get that there's, and it doesn't help either that Trubisky was taken over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. That doesn't help either. But Mitch Trubisky in his career, this is the thing we got to understand. Because people think it's a no-brainer to, 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 to not re-sign Mitch Trubisky, let him go move on for another quarterback. Are we sure? We're going to say, what do you mean? Well, here's what I mean. Mitch Trubisky in his career with the Bears, in his four seasons as a starter, is 29 and 21. He's had one season where he's been below 500. It was his rookie year when he went four and eight in 12 games. But ever since then, he went 11 and three in 2018, where he was a pro bowler. He went 8-7 and seven in 2019 in 15 games. And this year as the starter in nine games, he went 6-3. and three. His career completion percentage is 64%. And again, if you take away his rookie year, his, his completion percentage his rookie year was 59.5. Ever since then, it was 66.6%, 63%. And this year, it was 67%. Say what you want, man, but the Bears finished 8-8 eight eight this year. The Bears finished 8-8. Eight eight. They went 6-3 and three with Trubisky. And with Nick Foles, who won a Super Bowl, and everybody loves for some reason. With Nick Foles, they went 2-5. and five. They went 6-3 and three with Trubisky. It was like they flipped a switch. I understand Trubisky doesn't wow anybody, but doesn't it kind of seem like he wins? Like it, it, the numbers don't lie to you. 
He's 29 and 21 in his career. And I get that, listen, wins on the surface don't necessarily mean that you're good. But let's be real. That we all had a we all have like or, I mean, I shouldn't say we all. There are a lot of people around the league that watch football that really like Nick Foles. And that thought Nick Foles, like people think Nick Foles could start in this league. And they thought for a long time that he could start in this league. Nick Foles went two and five with the exact same roster that Mitch Trubisky went six and three with. Okay, Trubisky has not had a a sub-500 season. I get that he's not special. I get that he's not incredible. Like, you watch Patrick Mahomes, and he does something amazing every single game. Mitch Trubisky doesn't do that. Mitch Trubisky makes you like, oh, my dear God. Like, he makes you do that most of the time. (laughs) But at the end of the day, do they win the majority of the games that he plays in? Yeah, kind of. Think about it. If you could get Mitch Trubisky for cheap, is real? Is that really the worst thing in the world? You get him some bomb wide receivers. Maybe you re-sign Allen Robinson. You start drafting some wide receivers that can really play. You, help, you build that offensive line a little bit more. That offensive line is not that good in Chicago. Because you already have a great defense. That Chicago defense is good. It's good. And I like Matt Nagy. I do. I think he's a good offensive play caller. I just don't think he has that much offensive talent. If you get Mitch Trubisky for cheap, would that be the worst thing in the world for the Bears? Would it? He's not inaccurate. He doesn't lose you football games. He's not a stat stuffer. But look, this year, he didn't have a bad year. 93 and a half quarterback rating. That's not terrible. 16 touchdowns and eight picks in nine games. Again, not amazing, but it's not bad. 67% completion percentage is good. I'm not telling you that you got to give the guy $30 million because he's not going to get it. But would it really be that bad? Like, would it, would it really kill them? The Bears are not going to have a good enough pick to draft somebody that's absolutely going to be better than Mitch. So, why waste it? Why waste it on somebody that you don't know is going to be better than Mitch? I mean, yeah, if you can get Carson Wentz, great. But if you can get Deshaun Watson, great. But chances are those things aren't going to happen. So, Mitch Trubisky might be your best option. And that's not a terrible thing. I really don't think that that's a terrible thing right now because for some reason, I I don't get it, but for some reason, you win games with him. The number doesn't lie. If, if look, if, if Trubisky, if you flip those numbers, Trubisky was 21 and 29. He was 21 and 29 instead. Then, yeah, okay, I'd be a little worried. But he's 29 and 21. He said three winning seasons in a row. I know it doesn't feel like it, but he's had three winning seasons in a row. So I'm not sure I move off him yet either. Um, Just to run through it again, Buffalo moves on. They beat the Colts 27-24. Rams over Seattle 30-20. Tampa Bay beat Washington 31-23. It was a closer game than I expected. Um, Like I, uh, I think most people expected too. How good was Taylor Heineke in that game? How good was Taylor Heineke for Washington in that game? I mean, that was incredible. The guys played in the NFL for 10 minutes, and he put that display on. Really good for him. Good for him. Uh, Ravens beat Tennessee 20-13. to The Saints beat the Bears 21-9. to And then, of course, the Browns beat the Steelers 48-37. Uh, so the divisional round next week, and we'll discuss all this stuff with Matt on Friday. Um, the Rams and Green Bay get the first game uh, at 4.35 on Saturday uh, in Green Bay. Then it's Ravens and Buffalo in Buffalo. Uh, Sunday, you got the Browns and Kansas City uh, at 3 o'clock. And then at 6.40, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
and the New Orleans Saints. So uh, we're going to have a good weekend uh, next weekend as well. And part of what makes this weekend great before we close out the show today, uh, the national championship, uh, the national championship game is tonight, uh, Ohio state and Alabama, uh, in the college football championship at hard rock stadium in Miami, uh, eight, the crimson tide, Alabama, eight and a half point favorites in the game right now. Uh, both these teams undefeated on the year, Ohio state, seven and oh, Alabama, 12 and oh, uh, Alabama getting a easy win over Notre Dame, uh, last round. And then Ohio state clobbering Clemson uh, last week as well. So uh, it's Mac Jones versus Justin Fields. So this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I am going to take Alabama in the game. I think Alabama right now is the best offense in the country. It's not a typical Alabama defense, but they're good enough to get it done. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, is the best college wide receiver that we've seen since Desmond Howard. I, I mean, look, look, Devontae Smith is having a great year. Najee Harris is one of the best running backs in the country. Mac Jones was another Heisman candidate. They have a good offensive line. I, I mean, look, Alabama has been the best team in the country all season long. Uh, and a lot of people thought it wasn't particularly close. Alabama is just killing everybody this year. Um, but the mystery, again, it's the mystery of Ohio State. That a shortened season, Big Ten football came back late. So Ohio State, in their seven games, they've been dominant. They've been good. Okay? The one game where they really didn't look like themselves was in the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. And Northwestern's defense is legit. It's not, it's not a bad defense. So I think Ohio State does have a shot in this. But the again, the surprising part is I thought Clemson was going to beat Ohio State, and I thought they were going to beat them pretty handsomely. I really did. Because this Ohio State roster didn't impress me. Like, I, I've, I've seen certain Ohio State Buckeye rosters, and a lot of them have looked better than what they're showing now. It just does. Like, Ohio State, like, they have a great quarterback, but I think they've had better running backs than Trey Sermon. They've had better wide receivers than Chris Olave. Like, I, I think they've had better defenses before. Like Ohio State really has not impressed me that much with their roster. But boy, oh boy, did they look good against Clemson. Trey Sermon was unbelievable. Justin Fields was out of this world. I, Ohio State took advantage of Clemson losing their defensive leader and absolutely stepped on Clemson's throat. So I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be back and forth. But I think at the end of the day, Alabama's the better team. There's less mystery with them. They've been crushing everyone all year. So I'm going to take Alabama in the game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say 48-42, to 42, Alabama beats Ohio State in the national championship game. Like I said, close game, really entertaining, high-flying, a lot of points. Uh, but give me Alabama to beat Ohio State in the national championship game. Um, and if I'm a betting man, I don't bet it. I don't bet it. If I had to, I would take Ohio State to cover. But, I, again, Alabama, I think, is like they just they blow people out. They blow people out. But, again, there's too much mystery with Ohio State, so I, I, I'd be a little bit uh, – hesitant to bet it uh so okay justin fields mac jones ohio state alabama tonight national championship game that is going to be on espn uh again we have more playoff football on saturday and sunday i think we had a really entertaining week this week we'll discuss all of that coming up on friday with my buddy matt catarazzolo who's going to be joining me on fridays from now on um so again plenty of stuff that we hit on today uh, the Eagles fired Doug Peterson. Other coaching news also that I'm going to quick hit you with. Dan Quinn, the coach who just got fired by Atlanta, is now the overwhelming favorite to become the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. So he was the defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom. Not a bad hire after how bad Dallas's defense was this year. <laughs> I mean, man, oh, man. 
uh, would that be an interesting hire uh, for Dallas for replacing Mike Nolan, who is terrible this year? Um, but again, as for us, uh, Mike Guido here with you on the Landry Football Podcast Network. This has been Guido's Gridiron Blitz. You have us again every Monday and Friday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. And again, if you want to interact with the show, interact with me at Mike Guido 49 on Twitter. You can talk to me personally. You can talk to the show, everything like that. So again, great to have you with us. GGB on the Landry Football Podcast Network. We'll see you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.